Friday. I'm Sarah Gonzalez. Welcome to the news and why it matters. Glenn, what was the top story for you today? I would say it is the top non-story, but it really matters. And it's what's happening in Chechnya now with homosexuals. And by non-story, you mean you're not going to hear it anywhere You're not going to hear it anywhere. You're just not going to hear it anywhere. It's really important. Still. Uh, the makeup of the Democratic Party is changing quite a bit, and it explains a lot. Okay. Andrew, Mr. Andrew Heaton. Uh, Bill de Blasio is threatening to take property from evil landlords in New York City, which will once and for all fix any type of housing problems there. Oh, oh good. Yeah. All right. That's great. I just needed that one little scoot, and then they fixed everything. Before we get into that, I want to thank our sponsor, Ridiazone. Uh, so a lot of people make their New Year's resolution to lose some weight. I don't know if anyone at this table made any don't of know what you're resolutions. About. I think maybe my wife is putting did. me on a literally a celery juice diet. I've heard about that. Oh. It's so good for your gut. Shut up. That sounds terrible. Shut up. Right? I'm on board. Oh. I'm on board. You can uh, have it. Okay. I'll take Ridiazone. You take that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but so I do know the struggle of losing weight personally. I lost a bunch of weight a long time ago and I know it's hard to lose the weight and then it's even harder to keep it off because there's lots of good food these days all around us. It's the beauty of America, right? But Ridizone helps Texas, yeah. There's in Texas. good food here. Yeah, so Ridizone helps if you have some extra weight to lose or if you just need to maintain uh, want to help ditch those cravings. You can use Ridizone. It will not only boost your metabolism, but it will also help keep you feeling full so you're not just constantly craving all that stuff. They take the little good molecule in olive oil and put it in there. So I think you should try it. It's worked for me. It can work for you too. It can work for you too. And you as well. And yeah, also you. Yes, finally. Yeah. Just letting you guys know. Uh, you can go to ridizone.com. Use promo code TheBlaze right now. And get 30% off of a three-month supply. It makes it super cheap. It's like $1.39 a day. There's no reason not to try this. If you have some extra rate, weight to lose, it's R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E.com for your podcast listeners. Promo code TheBlaze. Glenn, the story you will not hear anywhere else. So the Russian Gay and Lesbian Alliance has come out and has spoken to the Western press, anybody that will pay attention. And um, they have said genocide, homosexual genocide is beginning in Chechnya. Now, this is not the first time that we heard this. We've heard this before, and there were sketchy reports um, about uh, homosexuals being rounded up in Chechnya and, and systematically tortured and killed. They're coming out now, and they're asking the West to pay attention to this. Please help us. Now, this is the Russian Gay and Lesbian Alliance. To give it some credibility, they're not willing to share their names, okay? Because they're there, mm -hmm. and they're not willing to say their names. Now, it's one thing to come out and say, I'm Bob Stevens, and you know what? I am oppressed, and all the people are oppressed. Well, really, Bob? Because you're on TV, and you're saying it. It's another thing to have to hide in the shadows and say, I can't tell you my name. Please do everything you can to confuse my looks because we're being rounded up and killed. Nobody seems to care about this. Why is it in a time when we are celebrating diversity, when we are celebrating gay marriage and, and the normalization of homosexuality, if you will, that we're not caring about something as important as this. This is a beginning of a genocide. And if the world doesn't care, it will only get worse. Same thing with the Uyghurs in China. I don't know if you saw over the weekend, but China has basically paid off Pakistan. 
Pakistan, the first Islamic country to come out and say, hey, China is rounding people up. And to use China's world words, all we're doing is we're educating them so they can be, quote, normal citizens. Okay? Millions have already been rounded up in China. The stories are coming out that people are being tortured horrifically and killed. Now, China made a deal with Pakistan. All of a sudden, their, their complaint went away. Now China's a good friend because they're in a trade alliance now. How much is a person worth? How much is an individual worth? We can't be uh, Oscar Schindler standing on the train track saying, what, what, what is this ring? What, what, how many people could I have bought for this ring? They're being sold now. Pakistan just sold fellow Islamists or fellow Muslims in China for a price. Price, new highway. In Russia, this is happening. How much are we selling our souls for? How much, what, what, what is it? To beat Donald Trump? To read another tweet? To talk about some other meaningless story? How much are these lives worth to us? Apparently, about the price of a tweet from Donald Trump. I mean, you look at like just the Kevin Hart thing, right? Same topic, right? And we get all worked up about Kevin Hart making a joke ten years ago uh, that may or may not have been tasteless, and he doesn't like, he doesn't believe that way anyway anymore. And that's a story here for weeks and weeks. Like there are people actually dying. Uh, seems like we should go after the low-hanging fruit here. Like this is the one we can all agree on: conservatives and liberals and libertarians and socialists, and everyone should be able to come together to say we shouldn't be murdering gay people because can, they're gay. Can you even imagine what? the torture is like in Chechnya for a homosexual? Can you even begin to imagine what those people are living through? And we're talking about what? When it comes to homosexual in, um, issues, what are we talking about? Kevin frickin' Hart? We're talking about the new candidate in Hawaii? Tulsi Gabbard, yeah. She was, she was anti-gay when she was 19. Shut the hell up! <laughs> Who cares? This is happening right now. We've invited the um, uh, Gay and Lesbian Alliance, the Russian Gay and Lesbian Alliance, uh, to come on. I would stand proudly shoulder to shoulder with them. I will proudly stand shoulder to shoulder with any organization, including I make the same offer I made six years ago to GLAAD, who wanted to talk about wedding cakes instead. And I said, they are beginning to kill homosexuals in Russia. They just took their driver's license away. And they're currently throwing people off the rooftops in Iran for being homosexual. Why don't the two of us stand together and say, look, I don't agree with GLAD on a hundred different things. But on the right to exist, I stand shoulder to shoulder with them. They said, no, I hope someone has the guts to stand up and put partisan bullcrap aside and stand for the life of a fellow human being. And glad, just to clarify, glad has not made any kind of statement on what's going on right now. Not that I have seen. Maybe they have, but not that I have seen. I don't know because no one cares enough in the reporting world yeah, yeah. to cover it. Uh, I want to move on to um, Democrats, mm. how progressive they are. How progressive possibly they're becoming. 
I've had this indication over the past couple decades or so that the Democratic Party has moved a little to the left. A little um, bit? A tad, just a, just a hint to the left, just a tad. Um, and yeah, because I remember there was a time where Bill Clinton was the president of the United States. And I didn't like Bill Clinton as a president. I didn't think he was a good president. Um, I didn't really like his policies. But I remember him saying things like the era of big government is over. And like that's a, wow, that's a, that seems like it would be impossible to hear from a Democrat's mouth today. Um, so the, there's an interesting new poll on what people, what's the makeup of the Democratic Party? Um, and it's, uh, it kind of proves this out. I think it's kind of, our sense here is, is pretty accurate. Um, they broke them into conservative, moderates, and liberals, self-defined. How do they define themselves? Uh, and here's the share of Democrats conservative. You see kind of grow, go from 25% of Democrats were conservative. That's down to about 12% today. With moderates, uh, you have it from about 50% back in the day down to about 33%. And then, of course, liberal skyrocketed in the last uh, 20 years. Uh, from It used to be conservative and liberal Democrats were the same percentage of the Democratic Party. Wow, and then not, not long ago. Look at like, yeah, 94? 94. So you, you had an equal, wow. Yeah. yeah, and now it's over 50%. I think it's 51% now that self-identify as liberal. And I think there's a few different reasons for this. Uh, one, I think at some level, the word liberal has lost uh, the stigma. I think so, some of it is that, although I think that's the smallest part of it. I think there's part of it where you just have people who are getting increasingly uh, polarized and, uh, and harder and harder uh, left in their views. And I think there's a third part of it where people who used to be a conservative Democrat have just abandoned that party and become independent. They've just said, you know what, this system is not working for me. Like, these people don't represent who I am anymore. Uh, I I can't even understand these people anymore. I just got to get out of here and I'll just vote the way I vote. And I think that's that part of it I think is really healthy, but it's putting the far left in control of the party more and more. I I, I think it's it's largely that. I had a... a, a guy from the Hoover, uh, Hoover Institute on, on my podcast about two weeks ago named uh, Morris Fiorina. I listened to that podcast. It Thank was you. fascinating. Thank you very much, yeah, Glenn. Uh, his, his premise, because um, if you'd asked me like three months ago, is America getting more polarized? I would have said, absolutely, it's getting more polarized. Uh, he he kind of comes in and did the, the yeoman's research on it and went, well, America's not actually more polarized. What's happened is the parties are much better sorted than they used to be. Mm. Where, you know, I, I had friends in, in D.C. that were blue dog Democrats, and that, that has largely stopped. There were, prior to that, there were Rockefeller Republicans. When you actually look at the... Um, the makeup of kind of America as a whole, the actual amount of moderates, conservatives, and liberals is about the same as it's been over the last 20 years. But the difference now is that if you're a liberal, there's a very good chance you're a Democrat. If you're a conservative, there's a very good chance you're a Republican. And if you're anything else, you probably left both of those parties, which is why the the independents are now the largest plurality in the United States. I think it's like 40% of the Mm -hmm. population or so. I I, I listened to that and You've said this to me uh, a couple of times. That's why I went went back and listened to that particular podcast because you've said this to me a couple of times and I was like, I don't know if I agree with that because people are more extreme. No, the way he explains it, it's you're left with really kind of no choice. You know, it's the A or B, A or B. We're going to electrocute you unless you go A or B. And so people are forced into this which the party then uses to make it seem like, well, look at all these people behind. But really, what would it take for, for you to go back and say, I am proud to be a Republican? Yeah. I mean, Nothing. <laughs> I mean, I can't I can think find. of anything yeah. except five years of consistently great small government uh, decisions. <clears throat> 
I think the same thing is being said for independents who used to be Democrats. What would it take? That doesn't mean you don't vote for the Democrat or the Republican. It means you're sick of them. And I think this is one of the big problems with the, you know, the idea of a binary choice when it comes to an election. I mean, when you come down to this, like it's now the, the Democrats are more liberal than they've been, the group, the actual party. So the people who are picking the nominee is more more yeah. liberal. And I, I would assume there's probably some of that in the Republican Party, although this study didn't cover it. But now there's a more liberal candidate. And when it comes down to only two choices, let's just say, for example, Donald Trump, who's, you know, he's in the mid-40s to low-40s in approval rating. Let's say there's a problem with the economy, and we get down to the last two, and it's one on, a one-on-one battle. People see this in binary terms. If the economy's bad and Trump's approval rating drops and people are, enough people are just like, I just don't want Trump, I want the other person. If they're nominating a socialist, that is going to be the only other choice. And we, we are just built in a system that if it's not this person, then it's the other person. And when it gets down to one-on-one, really dangerous things can happen. I'm sure liberals are thinking that right now with Trump and they don't like him. But the same thing could happen here if, if a Kamala Harris or a Bernie Sanders it's, or who knows. Bernie, Bernie Sanders versus Trump is the Sophie's Choice election. I don't know what I do at that point. Uh, but, uh, but I will tell you this, that... Um, Especially the Democratic Party has set this up. I mean, the Democratic Party came up with the superdelegates. Do you know why? Um, you do. I'm assuming Three. to stop the, the unwashed masses from picking candidates instead of uh, the, the anointed one the party has determined. Correct. When did they do it? Which president made them go, we got to make sure. Oh, wasn't it FDR? Because didn't, didn't FDR want to bring in? Reagan. Really? They saw Reagan as this outside horse that rode in and took the Republican Party, and they're like, we cannot allow that to happen. Hmm. And so they've, they've made it so the party has to des- decide. Now look at what happened in this last one. The party did decide, we find from WikiLeaks, they did everything they could to torch Bernie Sanders, right? They made it impossible for Bernie Sanders to win. Now, he wasn't going to win he, di- he didn't have the, the, the votes, but they did everything they could to make sure they quashed it. I think that Donald Trump is actually almost a third-party candidate. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's not, he's not Republican. He, I mean, when you're on stage trashing Barbara Bush, you're not exactly a conservative, you know, a, a Republican. I should say that. Yeah. You're not a Republican. He's an outsider. That's why he pulled... Have you found that stat yet? 10 to 25 percent of people who voted for Barack Obama in. He's a third party candidate. The only one that can do that is someone who runs as a Republican and somebody as unpredictable as Donald Trump. All right. Let's get into Bill de Blasio when we come back. But now the party has, the Democrats have given the party the the leverage over the Before we get into uh, Bill de Blasio, uh, obviously being a hero is what it sounds like. America's mayor. Yes. We want to thank our sponsor, Relief Factor. Um, Glenn, I know I I always feel bad complaining about my pain whenever I'm around you because I know that you have. Everybody has their own pain. No, no, no. Everybody has their own. But it affects your life. Yeah, no. Greatly. It it is. um, uh, I, last week, I think wrote my my last full-length letter. I tried to, uh, I love to write and with, with, by hand. And uh, I started writing a uh, letter 
Um, and all the way through the holidays, I tried to write letters, and I, I couldn't write more than half a page anymore. My hands hurt so much. Um, that actually is blessed relief from where my pain used to be. Um, and um, my, it, my pain was at a level where I just couldn't do it anymore. I just was like, I don't want to live anymore. I can't do this anymore. Relief factor has greatly diminished my pain. Uh, and it, it might you too. I mean, yeah, it's, 70% of the people who try it go back. I did. Those are really, really, really good odds. Yeah. Uh, and it is 100% drug-free for any of you who are like me and are interested in that kind of stuff. But you, you add drugs to it? Like if you take... I mean, I guess you could. I just yeah, I put it on a martini work. glass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. yeah. <laughs> I just, any, any pills I find on the couch, yeah. just toss them and see what happens. <laughs> as long as you're actually putting the relief factor and you're ingesting it, mm -hmm. I guess, hypothetically, you could add drugs I to it if you, you really wanted to. That would make Stu feel better anyway. I don't really recommend it. So go to relieffactor.com, uh, or you can call 800-500-8384. Get the three-week quick start. It's 1995. Like Glenn said, most of the people who try it keep buying it. So I think it's worth your 20 bucks to get out of pain. Uh, all right, Andrew, Bill de Blasio. Bill de Blasio. Andrew. So he, uh, he is fresh off a, a latest tirade on how to fix the city. And um, one of the things he plans to do is if a landlord is... Uh, being uh, a, a bad landlord, the, the city will now seize the assets of this place and redistribute it to uh, a, a nonprofit. Uh, he's also got, he's setting up by executive order a new office within the, the mayorship that is a tenant relations office. Now, there's already a, an office for tenant grievances in, in, in New York. Yeah, but this is the office of bad landlords, right? This is the office of bad landlords. And my, my problem, like, uh, I, I I lived in New York for a while. You you, you lived in New York. You lived in New York too. Didn't I worked you? there. I you worked. lived outside the city. Okay. I lived. In, you yeah. live in the city. I lived in, in the city. I lived, I lived in Manhattan, and I, well, I lived in I lived in Astoria and in Manhattan and in uh, Brooklyn because I was always fleeing creditors. Yeah, but I, I right. finally I finally wound up in Manhattan. Um, I'm not disputing that there are bad landlords. I'm confident that there are bad landlords. There, there there are probably some good systems we can put in place. My my problem with Bill De Blasio in, in regarding housing is that New York is so overdoing it in every other capacity in housing regulation that they would do far better to actually step back from what they're currently doing. So, for example, uh, New York has a, or just a wonderful, hallowed tradition of uh, giving great subsidies and tax breaks to upper-middle-class people, um, pretending that it's helping poor people. Um, so one of the things you can do when you move to New York, this is good advice for you if you're thinking about doing it. If you're, if uh, just, I just want to point out, no one in this audience is thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. There's like one undercover person <laughs> yeah, who's thinking right. about doing it. Um, the, 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 uh, He's watching this show just for media matters. The, uh, if, 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 you, um, if, if you're, um, say, fresh out of college and you move to the city, you're eligible at that time. Whenever you move to the city, you're eligible to get into a, a housing subsidy. Um, which is a Bloomberg regulation where if a, a new high-rise is built, there has to be X amount of them that's dedicated to lower-income people. So, for example, let's say that uh, my, my parents are both doctors, uh, or let's say a hedge fund manager and a doctor, and, uh, and I move to New York. I'm fresh out of college. I technically have zero income. Now, you can oftentimes keep that going for a long time, even after you've got a job that's giving much more, and then they don't ever check it again. And so the, the um, buildings that are there uh, would rather have someone like you than an actual poor person. So they're going to go, oh, great, you get to come in, and now you've got just basically a subsidy that's going to be put on to other people for the rest of your life that you get to sit back and enjoy. 
Uh, that causes problems, and I don't think it's fair, and I don't think it's who it's designed to benefit. Um, when you get into tinkering with the housing market, which is exactly what they're wanting to do, if you make it too expensive, then I, as a, as a landlord, I'm not going to build a new building to put right. people in because it's not worth my time to do it. Uh, and uh, there's all sorts of things that you can, you can mess up there that I, I think they're frequently doing. Uh, in New York, and so I would, I would love it if Bill were to maybe take a step back rather than try and uh, overhand, um, command, and control the entire housing market. I don't think it's going to work out well. I don't know in what world you're living in, but <laughs> typically, I think the big government people don't really. Yeah, you're saying take it too a step nicely. Back. Yeah. You, you know, I, I think I'm like I, I'm working on. I, I love looking at how people think. In He's the, so optimistic, though. Yes, it's I, very cute. Yes, that's it. I I, uh, it is adorable. It is. I, I, I like looking at how people think and just, you know, kind of reorganizing things. And I, I've been considering the last few weeks, um, not if you were to talk to people, not like if you're a conservative or a liberal or a libertarian, but just what is the root bad thing in America? Uh, and I think that for Bill de Blasio, it would be, well, there's not enough smart people in charge of stuff. Um, the, the root problem is, is idiots. And if only we can get enough smart people to negate the, the evil idiots. And I'm like, a lot of the time, I mean, like the Soviet Union tried that, yeah. where it was like, well, we'll just put experts in charge and it'll fix everything. And it, it led to mass starvation and t- terrible art and all sorts of bad things. And it's, it, it's my understanding. Actually, the art was pretty cool. I was going to say, yeah, I just agree was actually with you pretty on cool. the art. Yeah. Some of it, yeah. great. Um, early, uh, early art. It, it's uh, one of those things that we don't have a right to live in uh, on Manhattan. We don't, mm-hmm. we don't have a right, right to live there. If their people are building giant towers and they want to charge $20 million for each unit, then that is their right. That, should have, that is no business of the, of the government, even the city government. They should be able to charge whatever they want for whatever they want. If it's all rich people and the only rich people that are there on the island, that is something that would, the other people have to deal with. They may have to move to another place. I did. I moved to Texas. Yeah. 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 Exactly. I, mean, I, and like, I did too. <laughs> yeah, like this happens all over the place. There's na- neighborhoods that I can't afford to live in, right? Like I don't have a constitutional right to walk in there and rent get one of the houses for 500 bucks a month. That's not how this works. But, you know, New York has tried this for a long time. It's hurt a lot of people. It's 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 screwed over untold businessmen who were trying to, to, to take advantage of the real estate that they purchased, that they owned. It's, it's, I mean, that, that rent it's control a, thing has been a disaster from day yeah. one. It's a, it's a bad thing all around because you, you, create, um, you create problems that you wouldn't have. If, if New York was allowed to charge the rent, it's a limited resource. So let it, price controls, what? Let it salt, you know, figure itself out. The argument would be, well, we need all these people doing jobs. Well, the rich people, when there's no one to cook, no one to clean, no one to do anything, will have to raise the salaries of those people or they'll figure out a different way. But what happens is because you, uh, you don't let the free market world work, the, the actual wages of important people like fire and police, they don't go up. New York is screwed if the crap ever hits the fan because you no longer have the Irish cop walk in the beat in the Irish section. You no longer have the Italian cop who knows how the boys are playing walk in the beat in the, Irish, in the uh, Italian section. You now have people from Brooklyn or even further out commuting in to communities they know nothing about. And when things break down, they're not going in. What am I going in for? $30,000 a year? Why would I go in? No. You have to have the people, the community. And the only way that will work is if you let the free market sort it out. Yeah. Back in a minute. You said, obviously, no one has a right to affordable. 
For those of you out there who may have been, I don't know, living under a rock recently and haven't yet downloaded the new Blaze TV app and joined, I don't know what you're waiting for. This thing is amazing. We've got Mr. Glenn Beck on there. We've got uh, Stu. We've got Andrew Sarah Gonzalez. Oh, no, Andrew Heaton, yes. <laughs> Something's off with Andrew Heaton. We've got so many more names. Mark Levin, Steven Crowder, uh, Graham Allen. We have got everyone all under one platform. We don't have any rules. It's amazing. You got to go there. It is blazetv.com, and you can go use promo code NEWS for $10 off of your annual subscription. I, I'm... I'm so excited. I will never forget the day that I heard the news. I just, I, I cried. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I cried. I was so excited about the future. Well, we've worked, we've worked really hard here, and so it was really an exciting thing for all of us. But um, uh, we're quick. thrilled to have them, and uh, you never know who might join us next. Stay tuned for overtime. Crap, the Eagles lost him. <laughs> Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers. Not a subscriber? Start your free trial at blazetv.com. Len, the miracle of uh, modern medicine. So uh, I had an interesting uh, weekend and uh, facing an interesting week. Um, both my youngest and my, do- my eldest are um, in the hospital. Uh, for different reasons. My eldest, Mary, is um, going through six to ten days of testing uh, to see if they can perform brain surgery on her and through a little teeny hole in her skull, laser off lesions and not uh, not do any harm. Wow. It's l- crazy mm. what they're talking about. Crazy. Saturday, my youngest daughter, uh, Cheyenne, uh, started having pains, and we thought it was her appendix. Um, and as it turned out, uh, it wasn't. And then they thought it was her ovaries, and it turned out it wasn't. Uh, and then when they found it, it was six hours later. So we had been, first we had gone to a urgent care. Then we, they said, you've got to get to the children's hospital. So we took her to the children's hospital. Within six hours... They had diagnosed what it was. They knew what it was. They showed us what it was. In my day, when I was her age, it would have been what was called exploratory surgery. They would have cut her open for appendix and then went, no, it's all fine. Well, let's poke around and see what's in there. I mean, it's, it's phenomenal what can be done in today's uh, modern world. And we were at Cook uh, Children's Hospital, and I mean, it is, it is a gigantic hospital. All children, all these little newborns, all these little babies um, throughout this floor. It was, they do remarkable, remarkable work. So the children are the doctors too? It's all children? <laughs> It's all children, children, wow. doctors. It was crazy. That's like uh, Snuffies, where they're all horses. They're well, all horses. no, the, the, the wait staff rides horses and well, so, so this, this would be like if the children rode doctors. Right, okay. <laughs> I feel like this... Have you been there? Because they do. <laughs> I feel like this kind of ties into, you know, when we talk about uh, your book, Addicted to Outrage, and we talk about how everyone always talks about how terrible we have it and how awful things are. I mean, modern medicine, we've come so far 
Yeah. Even if just to say the doctors wash their hands that, now. You know what, what I mean? Like, yeah. it's amazing how far we've come. What was the stats, do we did on, on cancer, uh, men's oh. prostate cancer, down by what, 40%? 45%. Yeah, they ju- we just wow. hit 25 consecutive years of decline in rates of cancer in the United States. 25 straight years. Everyone's saying how bad Not cancer right is. Yeah. Everybody thinks yeah. cancer is so horrible, yeah. and it is. It seems to be everywhere. But we've gone 25 years in a, the same society that's saying, that causes cancer. Yeah. You know that causes cancer. You better stop that because that causes cancer. Everything new causes cancer. Yeah, and, and cancer is still one of the leading killers in the, in the, in the United States. But, but that's, it's going down. It's, first of all, it's going down. And secondly, one of the reasons why people are dying of cancer is actually good Follow me for a second on this. People aren't dying from other things and they're living a lot longer, right? They're living long enough into their 80s and 90s to get cancer, which, again, when you're there, it's not a positive message. But as a society, it's actually really incredible. In other words, you don't care about the 90-year-old because you don't want to heal them. It's the complete life system. That's not it at all. (laughs) Uh, You know, they talked about, you mentioned the exploratory surgery thing. When they did a poll, this is going back a few years now, but they did a poll of medical professionals across the United States and they said, what's, and across the world, and they said, what's the most important innovation that has happened you know, in your lifetime. And overwhelmingly, the winners were the CT scan and the MRI. Oh, yeah. Right? Um, and those things are, you know, they would talk about the cost of health care in the United States. Well, part of the reason is we have those things everywhere. We have MRIs and CT scans everywhere. That's not a bad thing. That's not a reason to criticize U.S. healthcare. That's a reason to praise it. We have way more than other countries. We utilize them much more efficiently. We're able to, instead of going to exploratory surgery, we're able to find out the, what these things are without opening up bodies. My, it's a miracle. My son said to me, wait, they would just go in and look for stuff? <laughs> seems I'm like, insane. Yeah. yeah, and you'd walk out with a huge scar. Mm-hmm. For the rest Jeffy of your life. would have had to have his whole chest broken open, yeah. and he probably would have died on the operation table. He didn't have any scars, and he was back to work in five days after a massive Widowmaker heart attack. And might I just say, he, did he not look better than ever? I think he did. He yeah. looked great. He should, if he had a few more heart attacks, he'd look fantastic. I still think he's faking it. <laughs> yeah. I don't buy it. I, you know, I think he just wanted extra vacation time. I think it's also plausible, though, that his heart just didn't like being in there and attacked him. Like, I, think, <laughs> yeah. I think that's possible. Heart attack. He's yeah, like, get me out of here. here. <laughs> All right, Stu, the soda tax. Uh, I love soda. I will defend it uh, to the death. Um, perhaps in a couple weeks. You have a preference? Yeah. Speaking, uh, of, yeah. speaking of causing cancer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, diet, exactly. Diet soda. Which, again, has absolutely no evidence that it actually caused cancer, but that's a whole other situation. Which one's your go-to? To argue it. Oh, God. I have a, I have a soda fridge, Andrew. Oh, you haven't heard this? He has a collection Oh, no, of this is all new to me. I bought an entire uh, Wait, refrigerator. Rare sodas? Uh, yeah, he's a soda. Well, yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say it's a collection. I assume there's a shelf life. Uh, there is a shelf life, especially in cans. If you have it in okay. cans for a while, you'll start to get a little metallic taste if you wait too Would long. Would you like my can of, uh, of Coca-Cola from... Uh, Where's it from? Someplace by China. Where was I? Thailand. Oh, yeah? Would you like that? Yeah, totally. Yeah, I'll fuck yeah. that I, I like that. Yeah, I do have some rare sodas, but I mean, I drink sodas all the time. I love them. I particularly love diet sodas. Wait, so hold, on, have, hold on, hold on, hold mm-hmm. on. Do you keep, you're keeping some like forever, like you won't drink them? I have some. I have like a, uh, an original Crystal Pepsi can. I have an original new Coke can. Um, but I it's have, unopened. Oh. Uh, unopened, yeah. Some of them are. I would love to have an original classic Coke before it went classic Coke. Right, yes. And the new Coke, yeah. too. You don't have that in your collection? I don't 
thinks I'd have to go back and look. I know I want you're, you to do a that's video. Why you're not on anybody's vacations. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I want you to do a Coke tasting, like a wine mm-hmm. tasting. Yeah, you yes. Bring people in with like a silver bucket. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. Yeah. I love this idea. <laughs> um, so uh, I could tell you couldn't tell. Huh? Could you tell the difference between Coke and Pepsi like that? Yes. I, I think I can tell the difference yeah. between yeah, Coke absolutely. and Pepsi. I think I can yes. do that. They're definitely different yeah. products. They're definitely yeah. different products. So uh, I'm a big fan of diet soda. This is the story about the soda tax, which is a little bit different. It's about uh, stopping people from uh, uh, having sugary beverages. Because as we all know, they're horrible for you. And look, sugar isn't a good thing for you. Having it in too much, uh, too high of levels does obviously cause uh, some issues. Um, so uh, they, this is, you understand the motivation. The motivation is nanny state goodness, right? We need we're, we're, to take need care to... of you because you won't take care of yourself. You're a moron. These morons. Yeah, can't figure out. We are the experts. Drinking. How is it that people who believe in evolution want the tail of the monkey not to fall off? <laughs> if you're a moron, isn't that evolution? You're supposed to fall off the ass end of humans. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, it's funny. I, I certainly don't agree with like letting people just die off the edge, but we have heard that pitched many times as the, as the way society is supposed to work. I guess that's kind of social Darwinism, but anyway. If you don't know not to put your foot where the moving blades are. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Well, we have a lot of dumb people. A lot of them seem to be in government. And so one of the ideas they did in Philadelphia was to say they're going to have a 1.5 per ounce soda tax, which is pretty extreme. I mean, that's, you know, that's going to add a lot to us, you know, especially if you're buying it in large packages. I mean, if you're buying a, you know, two or three liter bottle, it's adding a lot of money to this. Um, So uh, what was going to happen? Well, their their case was we're going to get more tax revenue. So we're going to be able to have all, fund all these great programs. Uh, then we're going to make sure that people who were obese are not obese because they're going to stop drinking soda because it's too expensive. They're going to get ah, healthier yeah. alternatives. We'll right? quit being embarrassed when we go to France. Exactly. <laughs> which is the whole point of that. Of course. <laughs> so uh, they implemented it. Uh, we now have the first academic study out from it. From It was uh, Stanford, Northwestern, and University of Minnesota, I believe, worked together on this. What they found is there was, uh, A, it is, uh, did not increase, uh, is no sustainable base of tax uh, uh, income at all. Um, so the idea, of course, how being, much more did they spend? Uh, already? Uh, I don't know what the exact total was, yeah. but they did not find any more uh, income from well, this. And that's that's the inherent problem with the sin tax mm-hmm. is the idea that we're going to perpetually fund something mm-hmm. while also discouraging people from using it. You can do right. one or the other. Yes, yeah. because eventually that's if that you tax want to do a cigarette up. tax, you should be going. Hey, by the way. Aren't you craving a smoke right now? <laughs> <laughs> right, because eventually, let's say in theory it worked, people would stop smoking and then you'd have no tax right. revenue. Yeah. So, of course, that's not what they want either. Um, and so they found that. They found that what people were doing was, as you might expect, driving across city lines to buy their soda. So they did not get more. The, the, the soda buying inside the city of Philadelphia did decrease. However, the... Um, uh, areas around Philadelphia increased by not only enough to cover the decrease of Philadelphia, but actually more. So they so just total sh- shifted soda. the blubber and increased carbon emissions? Yes, Is exactly. that the, that's basically it? <laughs> they actually sold more soda uh, in the general area than it had been going before because what people were doing is, uh, we got to drive out there. I'm not paying for this soda tax here. I'm driving out to you know, Balakinwood outside the city lines. Anybody wants soda, I'm going to and Costco. Going. And they'd all load up Let's and then wind the up drinking more soda there, yeah. anyway. So it didn't work in any of the ways projected. So how do progressives solve that? Uh, they probably up <laughs> the tax higher. <laughs> you force Balakinwood to now also tax... Well, or we're going to start taxing Balakinwood for pumping all this evil soda our way. It's funny you say that because I was reading the article and at the bottom I was like, hey, let me read a couple of the comments. How do you even fight back against this? Because this is an academic study and every single individual point they brought up about a way it could help didn't work. All of them yeah. failed. 
So how do you defend this? The answer I found out in the comments section was liberals saying, well, that's because you can't just do it in a city. You have to do it statewide. And so I, I assume. Uh, do they know that right, right across the river yeah, is yeah, another state? another state, right. And well, then I assume they'll say New Jersey has to do it. closer than Balakinwood. Then it has to be federal, right? They'll get it yeah. to federal. And then people will start going to Canada. And then we can start having prohibition to have organized crime over sugar. Exactly. Which would be great. Exactly. Uh, that, I, 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 I detest syntaxes. I absolutely hate syntaxes. They tend to be regressive by nature. Mm-hmm. They're, 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 oh, yeah. In, in my opinion, syntaxes are really generally, um, there, there is this kind of high-minded, shut up and eat your vegetables thing, but I think in reality it's usually politicians that lack the guts to actually raise taxes and going, ooh, rather than paying for this thing I want to do, I'm just going to shift it on to poor people, and they're not a very well-organized lobby, and so I'll be able to do that. I'll get credit for spending on this. I won't get in trouble for taxing the poor people. Great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I, and I just, on a fundamental level, I, 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 was, we, I, I, I understand I'm, I'm more appreciative of the argument of like, hey, this person's in need of help. Maybe we're going to allocate taxes to help this person. Okay, I think that's a decent... We can get into enablement and things, but, but the idea that like um, this, this old, old, old world attitude of um, you need to be... Your, your life needs to be governed by your betters. Um, you're an idiot, and that's we we have. We're gonna we're just gonna switch. We're gonna have like instead of old lords, we'll have you know uh, academic lords, or we'll have whoever. They're gonna run your life because you're so clearly a moron. I, I hate that. Oh, it's I, so, it's so. I, you know what's interesting to me though is if I wouldn't mind if everybody was just honest about it, like like the lottery, you know, the lottery or gambling. Another great way to build poor people to pay for something. Exactly right. Yeah. Hey, we're gonna help. We have such poverty. We're gonna help by doing a lottery. Okay, we're going to build casinos because they will help the poor neighborhoods with their schools. Okay, so who, if you've been to most casinos, they're not a bunch of rich people. There's not a lot of people with top hats right. around. Right, yeah. so they're taking money from the poor, taking probably a dime out of every dollar. Or 50 ju- cents. Or 50 cents. But, I mean, generally the house, just the house, oh, okay, yeah. is taken probably a dime. Yeah. When the government gets involved, now you're taking another 40 or 50 cents, and you're giving the 40 cents back to the people you just took the dollar from. It's amazing. It's so stupid. And I'll say, too, one thing I, I forgot to mention about the study. They also found that the people who were most affected were, again, the poor. Yeah. The people who couldn't drive to the outside. So they didn't have cars to go drive and pick up a bunch of soda. They had to keep paying the tax. So they're the ones actually funding the programs. The people who are upper middle class are just driving across the border and getting their groceries there. And that's the thing. They're not just driving and loading up on soda. I know I do things like that, but I think most people don't. <laughs> what they do is they go to grocery stores outside the city. So the internal grocery stores oh, and the markets, the food desert. right, it's, it, they're closing down. They're having to fire people and lay people off inside the cities because everyone's going to do all their grocery shopping outside of town. It's been a complete so disaster, and they continue to defend it. Uh, speaking of taxes, California you're talking about sin taxes, but what about the water tax that it's a uh, sin Gavin? To live in California. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, what are your thoughts on the water tax that uh, well, I mean, is, look, is being proposed? California has a 15 billion dollar surplus, yeah. they say, in the in the budget. Which I mean, I, what, Wait, is that? what they yeah, do? That's what, that's they, what they said. That's what yeah. they They're like, well, if you want more money, then just take it out of the budget surplus. How about ha- wanting less money? Is that a possibility? <laughs> because now they want new taxes to pay for uh, water problems. They're apparently having trouble getting water to the Mojave Desert appropriately, which is... Literally. Uh, is a, Literally. There's <laughs> a water shortage in the Mojave <laughs> Desert. <laughs> yes, that's, that's kind of a, a definitional, a good definition sort yeah. of, a, of desert would give you, let you believe there's a water shortage there. Here's the thing I think you should watch in California and watch for it today, <laughs> or if not today, tomorrow, whether PG&E files for bankruptcy. That is Pacific Power and Gas or Gas and Electricity. Sure, yeah. 
Um, and they, the reason why they're, they're thinking about filing for bankruptcy, they have to give 15 days notice to the state that they're going to file for bankruptcy. Um, and they think they're going to do it either today or tomorrow. The reason why is because they're being blamed for the wildfire because apparently they had a transformer blow at the same time that the wildfires uh, started. And so everybody is saying, oh, well, it's PG&E's fault. So every insurance company is suing PG&E. Well, they can't afford to pay for everybody's houses. So what's happening? They're saying, we can't afford, if those lawsuits go through, we're going to declare bankruptcy. Well, if they declare bankruptcy, then you don't have Pacific Gas and Electric. So what are you going to do? I'll bet you the state bails them out, covers that, uh, and, then, and then subsidizes or just takes over the gas and electric and says, you know what, this is a state-run entity. That'll stop any lawsuits from happening in the future. Mark my words, you're going to have even worse problems with electric and gas because the state's going to get involved. I just don't understand why anyone could live in California at this point. Every time we go and visit our friends at the Daily Wire, I'm like, how do you guys do this every day and not kill yourself? If you, if you, awful. If you like Adobe and driving, Los Angeles is a wonderful town. It's uh, driving very driving, slow. Yes. Yeah, right behind another car. Yes. Basically parking while moving. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You remember when you, were, when you went to the fair and you were in bumper cars? Except it was right at the very end when the bumper cars really just were kind of clogged in one area and yeah. you weren't having any fun. <laughs> that's, that's Los Angeles. I'll, I'll say just as, as a quick note, and I'm shooting from the hip here because I don't know a lot about their tax policy. I, I would be curious as to what their goal is and what they're looking to do. I, I, I'd also be curious. Well, transform. Yeah. <laughs> their goal was well, to get clean. They, they, they the didn't water? have water in, in, in a couple of small areas. One of them was the Mojave Desert um, in certain areas of it where they wanted to get, they say they need clean. Wait, so this is specifically water. for the Mojave Desert? Part, part, of, part of it. Part of it. Part of it. There's two or three areas okay. that they mentioned in the story, but uh, it, they were having some water quality issues uh, apparently in this area. And so in bad some, that in Mojave Desert, you cannot even take a shower with the water in the Mojave Desert. Oh my. You know, you should move out of the Mojave Desert. I mean, when did people have a right to live on the coastline, to live in flood areas, to live in deserts that the rest of us have to pay for their insurance or whatever it is? There's I don't know if anybody's flown over this country. Lots of space. There's lots this thing space. called Kansas. I want to right. right. Yeah. Lots of space. Really good land. Try it out. Give it a whirl. Yeah. Uh, but if you come here, just remember the, the liberal policies that put you in that position. Just want to, I'd like to give no, that as a disclaimer when you come to Texas. May I, may I change yes. that? That's not true. That, no. None of that is not true. Uh, the outbreak of an Ebola-like leprosy <laughs> here in Texas I forgot has about happened. That. You're right. I forgot. Don't move. Don't move to Texas. We're being quarantined. Leprosodic <laughs> Ebola. E- Ebola leprosy? Yeah. Ebola leprosy. It's, it's a combination. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's called hat rot. You get it from, from <laughs> cowboy hats. Except you don't have to wear a cowboy hat. Yeah, you fact, just get you it. Don't yeah. wear a cowboy it's hat. It's like trench foot for your head. You don't want it. Uh, you don't want it. Okay. Uh, all right. Today's poll question. Do you think traditional masculinity is targeted as problematic in today's society? I mean, unless you're living under a rock, yes, is the answer. And really quickly, that uh, reminds me of the news story about the 10-year-old drag kid. Can we please talk about that tomorrow? Yeah, you want to? Yeah, because I I find this child abuse. I think this is absolute child abuse. If you had any other child with a naked man 
in it, it dressed in in a uh, the the kid dressed as a sexualized object next to a naked man if that was just a a dad and a son getting out of the pool and he was naked and they took a picture i'll bet you the state if in the old days when you had to have it developed but if it was on facebook the state would have been called what the hell is going on there yeah. here is a drag queen that is naked posing for a picture with a nine-year-old dread. This is child abuse. Yeah. Uh, all right. So we will get to that picture and have that discussion tomorrow. And uh, we'll see you then. Thanks for tuning in. I think that was enough of that discussion. We need more. <laughs> so you're anti? Nailed it. I think you Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.